Thank you so much for downloading our podcast. This is Manage Your Money God's Way, and we are from Compass Catholic Ministries, where we teach, using biblical principles, the best ways to handle money. The end result, you eliminate your debt, no matter how big, no matter how small the debt may be. The name of the class is Faith in Money Matters, and you can learn more at compasscatholic.org. Click on Books and Studies and look for Faith and Money Matters. My name is Steve Holbrook, and with me today are the co-founders of Compass Catholic Ministries, John and Evelyn Bean. For the past, oh, I'd say two or three months, we have received a number of emails from listeners, and these emails contained a common theme. We're headed into retirement, and the questions have all been similar. What do I do when a recession is happening and I'm set to retire? Steve, that's a, a really good uh, question, and... and uh... You know, I go back to when I retired. I was 58 years old. I retired in July of 2007. To be perfectly honest, I I can understand how a person might feel that they're all set to retire and then the recession hits and and, uh, some of the things that we're going to tell them, they probably don't want to hear because, you know, one of the things is, well, don't retire right now. You know, that's an obvious uh, solution to to the issue. I think that if you have been preparing during your working life, it doesn't matter what age that you retire at, if you've done a really good job of preparing, then you can still retire during a recessionary period and not have it drastically affect your budget and your ability to uh, have a full and complete lifestyle in retirement. But you said a key word there. You said it would have it not drastically affect your budget. So you have to know what your budget is to start with. You absolutely have to understand how much you're spending. There's no question about that. You have to know how much you're spending, whether you want to retire or not. Right. You know, that's just a given that so many people just totally (laughs) overlook. That's right. They don't get it at all. So you have to track your spent expenses, uh, track it to the penny so you know where the money is going. And the other piece that uh, people have a really hard time with in our society is understanding the difference between what you need and what you want. People tend to get those confused, and they, I think they think that their needs are just, that's given, i got to spend that, but I, all, all my wants are my needs too, and I need to spend that money. Well, anytime we want to buy something, we say, I need, whether we really need it or we just want it. John, as individuals approach retirement, do you believe they're more critical or aware of the differentiation between wants and needs? There's no additional income that's going to come in, so they're more critical of their spending. Well, I would hope so because you know what your fixed expenses are, okay? If you still have a mortgage payment, well, that would probably be number one. Uh, If you've already paid your house off, which would be a good thing to have done, uh, then you don't have to worry about that. But uh, what are the other things that are fixed expenses? Groceries, insurance, car or transportation expenses. You probably don't need to be buying new clothes all the time because you're not going to work. You don't need to be buying lunches at work. You can eat at home. Stretch pants and t-shirts, boy. (laughs) (laughs) There was just an interesting article in a Wall Street Journal yesterday that borrowers over the age of 65 account for roughly 10% of all the mortgages originated each and every year. Age 65 plus, 10%. Well, people have a tendency in general to spend more than they make. And they have a tendency to get into debt, to buy and keep up with the other people around them. And a lot of that depends on the people you hang around with. Now, our friends are cheap. 
so we don't run into that problem. Yeah. So that's not uh, that's not an excessive amount. I mean, it sounds like a lot. It's just but the idea of somebody sixty-five years of age that you know for the next 10, 15, 20 years, yeah, you're going to be paying a mortgage. But you know, some people have adopted a philosophy that uh, mortgage payments and and also car payments. You know, that's just a fact of life. And I'm going to have a monthly mortgage payment and I'm going to have a monthly car payment and for the I'm rest gonna, of my life. And I'm going to have a monthly credit card bill. Unfortunately, and, that's true. Although know, I, I think more and more people are are ditching the credit cards, or at least they're not ditching the credit cards, but they are getting them paid off at the end of the month. I think that those numbers of how much debt people owe in credit cards is... Now, this recession has probably knocked it all skewampus, but, but I think th there was a trend line that was going down rather than up. Well, that's a good thing. Especially then. for older people. That's a oh, real good thing. Yeah. The other thing that you got to be aware of is think conservatively. You know, you've gone through maybe 30 years uh, of, of working or 40 years of working and, and you've always had money and if there was something that you needed to buy, well, you could just work a few more hours maybe uh, to help pay for that. Now your income, once you retire, your income is basically fixed. You know, you're going to get uh, uh, your pension. If you've got a pension capability, you're going to have Social Security uh, and then you've got the ability to withdraw from your savings. That's the only thing that's flexible. But you have to be really careful about that because that flexibility can be a knife in the back if you're, if you're spending too much, especially in those early years before you're eligible for your pension, before you're eligible for Social Security. The financial planners have this... Uh, 4% rule is mm -hmm. you should never withdraw more than 4% of your total uh, investments in any given year um, because if you do and you do it on a regular basis, uh, you will deplete your investments before you run out of years to live. That's a very conservative estimate, but it's still, you know, it's kind of a rule of thumb and it's not bad to, to think about that. So as you enter into retirement, you need to look at the ways that uh, you might be able to cut your budget. And, you know, it goes back to what, the way we started this show. You've got to track your pennies. If you're tracking your pennies, you probably have a budget. And if you don't have a budget, man, you better get ready and get one real quick because you got to know where your money's going. Once you have a budget, then you can look at the different categories in your budget. You may have 10 or 12 or 15 different categories. If you got 35 categories, you probably got way too many categories and it's going to be way too complicated to keep track of. But then you need to know your category uh, percentages. In other words, how much of your total income that you're getting goes to the transportation? How much of that goes to housing? How much of that goes to food and then in the food category how much of that is at the grocery store and how much of that is eating out at restaurants and fast food places and that kind of stuff you know we had an interesting uh, experience a couple years ago steve we were counseling with a, a couple that was retired and they were having trouble making ends meet and they weren't tracking where they were spending money and when they started tracking they found out they were spending fifteen hundred dollars a month eating out let me do some quick math here it's almost like eating out every day. It was every day and multiple meals each day. 
They were horrified when they found that out. But oh, it's so just they really never, had no idea. They it, they had no idea because they were it was just part of their process, and they were putting it on credit cards, and you know it just didn't seem like real money. So, when you start tracking those expenses against categories, it lets you know a lot of information that you couldn't find any other way. And it's never too late to start tracking your expenses, even if you're let's say twelve, eighteen months away from retirement. Start tracking today if you have never. Even if you're past retirement, you're already retired and you haven't done it because you never know when the sky's going to fall. So as you're making your plans for retirement, you know what your nest egg looks like. But do you take into account that there are going to be bumps in the road, some bigger than others? Hopefully not what we've been experiencing for the last two, three months. But looking forward, do you take that type of stuff into consideration in building for the future? Well, you know, Steve, that's, that's a very interesting question. We, we track or monitor uh, our, our gains and losses on a monthly basis. I, I have a spreadsheet. Surprise, oh, a surprise. Spreadsheet. It's not my spreadsheet, Steve. <laughs> when I get the uh, statement every month from the investment company, I put it into a spreadsheet and I show what each account is valued at at the end of the month. And then I show whether it's a gain or a loss. And that includes any money that we might have taken out. Mm-hmm. The market's going to go up. The market's going to go down. Some years you're going to end up in the positive. At the end of the year, December 31st, it's going to be more than it was in January 1st. And some years it's going to be less. If you look at it year over year over year over year over year, it eventually slides up. You know, I know everybody's down right now at 30%, some people, maybe 40 But it's going to bounce back. And, and in fact... You know, the market has bounced back 50% over the lowest point it was mm-hmm. during this uh, recession that we're in. Even in the recession, the market came back 50%, which is a lot of, a lot of money that people gained back. They obviously didn't gain back everything. So, you know, when you're investing, you're investing for the long term, not the short term. And, and I think that's the key point to think about. It's long term you don't worry about what the market says. You don't get upset over it. You just know that it exists. This is Manager Money God's Way, presented by Compass Catholic Ministries. Now, John and Evelyn mentioned spreadsheets. They're available free from our website. These spreadsheets will help you track your spending, help you get your assets and your debts in order so you can see everything on one spreadsheet. There's also a really great spreadsheet, a percentage guide, so you can measure your actual spending in specific categories. There's a host of other spreadsheets that are available for you to help you plan your budget budget, work your budget, and also build a budget. You'll find these and the other spreadsheets at compasscatholic.org. Under resources at the top of the website, just click on financial spreadsheets. Well, today we're going through a checklist intended for everyone, because sooner or later, you will be retiring. So John, let's get back to sharing what else you and Evelyn have on your checklist. Steve, we were talking about in the first half uh, of needs and wants and, and that type of thing. And there's a great verse uh, from our uh, Bible studies uh, that you can find on compasscatholic.org. It's from uh, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. For I have learned to be content in any and all circumstances. I've learned the secret of facing plenty uh, and hunger, abundance and want. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And, and I think that's such an important verse because when we're in the middle of 
budgets and, and trying to figure out where our money's going and all that kind of stuff. You just have to kind of step back and, and take a look at things. And, and just to finish up what we were talking about uh, before the break, we were talking about categories and knowing the percentages and stuff. You need to make sure that you have a category for every expense that you have. You can't have miscellaneous expenses floating around out there without having them in a budget category because that's the quickest way to really just blow your budget all to smithereens. And if you're putting money into savings, that needs to be accounted for. So it's not just every expense, it's every dollar needs to go someplace. That's a good point, Evelyn. Good point. The next thing as you're getting ready to retire, you need to understand what your what your future budget items are going to be in retirement. For example, you have to know what your health care costs are. Medicare A and B and the supplemental plans, F and G or whatever they are, they're going to cost between four and $6,000 per person per year. That's a big chunk that people seem to forget about uh, when, they, when they retire, but it's an actual expense. Especially if you retire early and you don't qualify for Medicare when you retire. It's, it's, it's even more expensive that way. Buying insurance on your own uh, is a very expensive proposition. Uh, and so you need to be uh, aware of that. Housing expenses. Let's say you already have your house paid for. Congratulations. But are you going to need a new roof? What about the water heater? How old is that? What about the uh, heating and air conditioning system? How old are they? And, and the appliances. Are you going to need to replace these sometime in the not-too-distant future? They cost a lot of money as individual items. And you really need to have a category to be putting money aside or realize that the money that you've already got saved is going to be in a category that you're going to pull that money out when you have to put on a new roof or replace the water heater or whatnot. Or when that refrigerator that groans finally dies, (laughs) like ours. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that a lot of people don't think about is taxes. You know, all that money that you've got in your IRA is taxable when you start to withdraw it. And when you get to the point where you have to do uh, minimum required uh, um, distributions, that stuff is taxable too in most cases. But a a Roth is not taxable when you take it out, right? A Roth is not taxable because it was created with after-tax dollars. So none of the Roths are taxable. So it's important to know what your tax situation is. Yes, Because if you take out too much, you might get put in the next tax bracket. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You have to be careful of that to plan for it. You can plan for it. It's okay. And you can plan for it with your financial advisor to get an idea on what the taxes are going to look like. And you could even pay it quarterly so you don't have a big bill from the end of the year, or hopefully you owe nothing. Absolutely. Amen, brother. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you're not working, you probably don't have the major transportation expenses that you had when you're working. You're not buying gas uh, on a regular basis every week. Uh, You don't have to have a a car that you know will get you back and forth to work without fail, uh, those kinds of things. But now that you're retired, you got all this extra time. Are you going to want to travel a little bit, you know, around the U.S. or maybe into other parts of the world? And what about vacations with the grandkids? Now that you're not working, you're able to spend a little bit more time and take vacations with the grandkids. You know, one of the things that occurred to me is if you're thinking about retiring and you want to get a part-time job to supplement your income because you need it, 
now might be a good time to hold off on retiring because it's going to be harder and harder to find a part-time job with all the people that have been laid off recently. So if that's part of your retirement plan, that needs to be baked into what your situation is. And you have to take that into account when you're making your plans for retirement. That's a good, that's a good point because uh, it's easier just to keep the job you've got and work for another six months, 12 mm -hmm. months, 18 months, something like that, uh, than it is to... Uh, get out and into the workforce again. Yeah, the last thing John I wanted to do was retire and then find out I was short and ended up going back into the workforce. So what I did is we went to a, uh, a different financial advisor just to get a check just to have a second set of eyes on what we had and kind of give us the green light to say, hey, it's okay to retire. Yeah, one other thing I would like to share, when we hit the window, that five-year window for retirement, we started to sock away some money, and we had a checklist of things that we needed done around the house, so we didn't have this bill after I had retired, so we replaced windows, air conditioning, and the roof, and it sure was uh, less stress in having to worry about a bill after retirement. Do it while the cash is still coming in. Well, the best case would be if you actually got laid off from your job and had some kind of a remuneration from the company right. for all the years of service you had. I mean, that would be an ideal situation if you could take care of something like that and take advantage of it and have some money to just put in the bank for those expenses that are going to be coming up. As you prepare for retirement, and Steve, this kind of really ties in with what you said, cash is king. You want to have, while you're working, we say you need to have an emergency fund of six months. You know, you got to build it up little by little over time to get to six months. When you have retired, you want to have an emergency fund, money that's in a, a cash basis, of two to three years. And that's extremely important because the market's going to go up and down. We've already talked about that. It's gone down a bunch right now. If you've got cash-based investments, you can withdraw those cash-based investments. You're not having to sell anything at a loss. If everything you've got is down 30% and you have to sell something that's 30% devalued, you're going to lose a lot of money. But mm -hmm. if you've got it in a cash basis, then it's basically dollar for dollar and you're not really losing any money. Uh, and that's a, that's a major thing that you need to plan for. The cash, the liquid reserves... They don't grow a lot. They don't uh, deflate a lot. And uh, that's a good way to move. But they're a nice security blanket, right? They are a great security blanket. And along with that, you want to diversify all of your investments. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mix your investments into six or eight different market types. There's also another uh, Bible verse that basically says exactly that. It's from Ecclesiastes 11.2. Make seven or even eight portions you know not what misfortune may come upon the earth. John, your thoughts on seeking counsel. I know this is a topic that we cover in our Bible study, Faith and Money Matters, but let's say I'm two years away from retirement. Good idea to get a second set of eyes, a second opinion on my plan if I'm doing all this investment on my own and not having a professional do this. Uh, what's your thoughts there? And I wouldn't wait until two years before no. you're ready to retire. We actually started uh, doing that about five or eight years when we actually talked to somebody, but in our own uh, ways of doing things. And uh, we had spreadsheets that kind of analyzed things long before that. And I think that's an important thing. You got you to gotta go through everything. And then, of course, you know, we've talked about it already. 
and it's really hard. You've made that decision on such and such a date. I'm out of here. <laughs> and what? it's amazing how you get to that point. You might love your job, but gradually get to the point where I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. And, and then all of a sudden you have a recession. You have a pandemic. Who plans for a pandemic in your financial plan? You exactly. Know? Maybe you need to work longer. Okay. You're going to need to cash in on your investments in order to live. We talked about that. Doing it at a down market is going to be devastating. Uh, you're, you're basically selling all your uh, future growth. So it would be ideal to work for another year or two until the market reverses directions. You can take the money that you're earning and pretend like what you don't need to live on uh, that's your retirement account and you save everything else. Just like you were talking about, Steve, the last two years before you quit, uh, you had a roof fund, you had an air conditioning fund, you had a window fund, uh, you had an appliance fund. Uh, you know, those are important things to be thinking about. And, and if you don't already have that and you're still working, I would suggest maybe stretching out that work, work life for, an, for whatever time it takes you know, maybe it's six months, 12 months, two years, I don't know. But get, it gives you a chance to save even more. And it allows you to maintain the integrity of your savings and investments. The worst case scenario might provide you with a better retirement than, than you really expected. And so, I, Steve, I'd like to, to end on a Bible verse here. Proverbs 21.20 says, Precious treasure remains in the house of the wise but the fool consumes it. Don't be a fool. Be wise. Be wise indeed. Good piece of advice, John. Retirement, as you know, is a journey into another phase of your life. And like any journey, you want to make sure that you are overly prepared. Now, if you would like to share the show with a fellow employee thinking about retirement, let them know it's available on demand at compasscatholic.org. Over the past several weeks, we have been answering emails from listeners regarding finances during this pandemic. And like last couple of weeks, we have John Kennedy on the phone. John is the co-owner of Candor Path Finance here in Orlando. So, John, let's get to question number one. I heard the Federal Reserve cut the interest rate to 0%. What exactly does that mean for me? Normally, the conversations that we've been having have sort of gone to mortgage rates and potentially refinancing. And it's not directly correlated. Although a lot is tied to the federal funds rate, it's not completely correlated. And in fact, the following weeks after the, the Federal Reserve reduced the Fed funds rate, we actually saw mortgage rates for refinances go up, which is interesting, but it is a bit of a supply and demand issue as well. But if we think a little more long-term, let's say over the next 12 to 36 or 48 months, I do believe that the Fed's fund rate being reduced as dramatically as it has been will uh, eventually result in good opportunity for somebody to do a refinance, for example. Uh, it seems to me, and I've talked with some other, some other mortgage brokers that are in that industry, and they've sort of said, once things level off, we expect to see rates go down a little bit as well from where they traditionally were over two months ago. And I also think it ends up being an opportunity for other types of debt refinancing. That could possibly mean credit cards or some other kind of consumer debt. That could possibly mean um, if someone's in the market for buying a car over the course of this summer to the end of, of 2020, likely their rates could be a little more favorable for that situation. So thinking a little bit optimistically in, in this aspect, the Fed funds rate being reduced to zero does 
allow us as a consumer to be able to buy things. Using debt is probably not a preferred way to buy something anyway, but if we have to, if it's the only way, I think that we're going to be able to do so with uh, reduced interest rates to those associated debts. All right, John, here's our next email. John and Evelyn have talked about Roth IRA conversions in the past. Is now a good time to be thinking about that? So a Roth IRA conversion essentially is taking money from a traditional IRA, a traditional retirement plan, something that's defined as pre-tax. If it's a dollar amount, if it's the whole thing, a percentage, but taking money from that account and then moving it into a Roth IRA. And when you do that, you're not subject to any kind of early withdrawal penalty because the IRS is looking at this from the perspective of, okay, well, you moved it from one retirement plan to another, but they're fundamentally taxed in a different way. A Roth IRA is growing tax-free and is taxed on the front end. So when you make that conversion, although you're not paying an early withdrawal penalty, you are going to have to pay taxable income on whatever that amount is that you convert over to the Roth IRA. If in the year 2020, your income, or even the years that follow, if your income is going to be directly impacted from this, this economic uncertainty and the recession that we're in as a result of coronavirus, then it may end up being a good opportunity to consider doing it. Because typically when we talk about Roth conversions, we want to look at doing them at points in time where our income is going to be lower than the norm. And so if 2020 or in future years present that opportunity, it might be something to consider. We always suggest, though, if you're going to do that, just talk with a tax consultant or a financial planner to make sure that you know all the metrics really line up and make sense for your personal situation. John Kennedy, thank you so much. John is our financial expert, the co-owner of Cantor Path Financial here in Orlando. Now, if you have any questions for John and Evelyn Bean of a financial nature, please email those questions to askask at compasscatholic.org. And if you have any comments or feedback about today's show, or maybe you have a suggestion for a topic that you would love to hear us discuss, you can email us those suggestions, that feedback to info at compasscatholic.org. And I'm proud to announce that we have a brand new YouTube channel. It's called Compass Catholic. So go to YouTube, search for Compass Catholic. When you arrive, subscribe, and you're in. On the Compass Catholic channel, you'll find a variety of videos. In fact, each and every week, we have a live event hosted by Caitlin Kano. It's called Catholic Stewardship in Real Life. Again, YouTube.com, search for Compass Catholic. For John and Evelyn Bean, we want to thank you so much for downloading our podcast. Remember, we have a brand new podcast for you each and every Wednesday morning. Simply go to compasscatholic.org, click on podcast, and there you have it. This is Manage Your Money God's Way. We're from Compass Catholic Ministries.